Hey, 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 welcome to the Halos in the Infield flagship podcast with your hosts, Todd Fox, Fernando Mendez, and Courtney from Riverside. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. Lone Star Halo. And you know what? When I think of Lone Star Halo, I think of one. You know, you're the only one. And in a series of four, the Angels couldn't get that Lone Star. They couldn't get that only one. (laughs) So first time the Angels are swept by the Mariners at Anaheim Stadium for 18 years. It's been 18 years, man. Let me just go ahead and say this series was an embarrassment. The Angels didn't just lose spectacularly. They got cream pipe. It was uh, it was embarrassing. I mean, it was you know there there was no rag after the the Mariners got done on the face. It was it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was you know what sucked is it was one of those two where you, they kept holding you on. Like some some of the games I was watching, I'm like you know I can get up. I could be doing something during the fourth or fifth inning. Uh, you know I could you know work out, go freaking run a couple errands or something. But they they drew you in because they stayed close. Yeah, but the op the 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 offense was so crusty and bad. I mean, they should have been annihilated in this series if it wasn't for the pitching. Crusty and bad was was that a play on uh, what I the joke I made first? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean it as in like we got like you know we got murdered all the games. It wasn't like those Braves games where like we were losing by you know spectacularly for a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were close on paper, but, I mean, with the way the offense has kind of been sputtering, I mean, were they really close? Were they really in it? Like, the problem right now is that they have a decent roster on paper, but, like, um, they have no ganas. Mm -hmm. They have no desire. It's just – they're just kind of going through it. I mean, running the scoring position, that's been the MO all season. Some people are going to be like, hey, I've been saying that all year. And, I mean, yeah, okay, cool. You've been saying that all year. Everyone's been saying that all year. A blind squirrel's been saying that all year. It's like the team doesn't do situational hitting properly. They never have this season, at least. And it's just it's it's costing them. It really is. Now, what do you think about the thoughts that, you know, I love that you brought that up, but what do you think about the thoughts of Phil Nevin last night when he was addressing the media? He literally said that we have 26 guys on this team that believe that we're still going to get the job done. We still we have all the coaches in place. We know what we are. How can you say something about that or or be so confident after a four-game series like this? I mean, it's really easy to say when you're not chasing wins. <laughs> because, I mean, they're like, you lost. And he's like, are you sure about that? <laughs> Did we? Because we weren't chasing a win. Did we really lose? No, I I don't know, man. I mean, I understand. What, what is he supposed to say? Hell yeah, hey, we're dead ducks out there. There's 26 dead men walking. <laughs> You know, well, he he can't say that. But at the end of the day, it's just, are the Angels mathematically eliminated? No. If you ask Roger, the season starts today. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I don't know, man. This team is, is super flat. I mean, in theory, is it still possible to get back in contention? Sure. And, and knowing this team, we're probably going to lose this next series here. And then when the Texas two-step comes, we're going to sweep Houston. We're going to sweep the Rangers to once again get within like three or something. And then we're going to be like, I believe, I believe. And then that's when we're going to, you know, just sputter out again. 
And that's the sad thing, bro, with what you said right now. That's all it would take to get Angel fans. Forget the honks. Even the most realistic fans that we have on this page and that have been a part of us for so long, even they would turn an eye and be like, hey, well, two games, we're only out two games, and you get under that five-game threshold. But as it stands right now, currently 10.5 out of the division, which we were 4.5 out just over a week ago, and then now we're sitting at seven games out of the wild card in a log jam with other teams. So it does look hopeless, but yeah, dude, it would take a few teams just going on a freaking losing streak and then us just getting hot for about a week or two. And then look at, we're right back in it, believing again. And we're like, you know, Hey, we, we got to get through this. We're trying to dissect this team again. When some of us are just like, man, bring on football. You know I mean? I'm not one of them to per se, because I know you're not either. And you want to see this. Yeah, team what's football? Get... Yeah. <laughs> it's a USFL. No, you want to see <laughs> XFL. Let's go Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Huh? Yeah. Some exactly. money, bro. Do you smell what he's cooking? But, uh, but no, yeah, I really not money. <laughs> well, he's burning money. Um, yeah, but no, I, th- I think I'm with you, bro. Like, like all we've wanted to see is this team win in August and September. And we thought that with the additions, it would help, but a lot of people are asking, and I want your opinion on it because they've heard mine on the post post game. What are your thoughts about these hitters like Gritchick coming in with 320 average and you know, all these other guys hitting really good, but when they get to our lineup, they're just, they just can't hit. Is it because because we're not just having one guy slump? It's like the entire lineup, dude. What are your thoughts on the in the hitting? Look, I'm not sure uh, how the chemistry in this locker room is because they won't give us press passes. But if I did, I mean, I, I'm going to lean on my on my Coyotes fandom for a second. So in 2020, the Arizona Coyotes, and this was before the world shut down, uh, were having a pretty solid season. And they jumped the gun out of their rebuild. And they, they got a guy who many hockey fans will know, Taylor Hall. One of the better hockey players at that time. And the Coyotes went all in. And they were winning, winning, winning. They were winning. And then they got Taylor Hall, uh, mortgaged the farm to get him. And when they did, they started to lose. Mm. And a lot of the problem was the fact that the chemistry that was already working, now you have this like prima donna getting, th- you know, monkey wrench getting thrown in there. And all of a sudden, the engine that was running so well just has a monkey wrench, you know, just getting knocked around. I mean, could that be it? Who knows? I don't think so. But maybe what was working, the routine that was working for this team just isn't anymore because they're now having to realize and figure out a new routine. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Mm. Well, you did mention earlier that there wasn't dead guys on this team, but one number six came out and said that he's dead. Don't ask him any questions, which in my opinion, I've never seen it, bro. Maybe you can correct me, but in other leagues, including baseball, I've seen it where if a player refuses to talk to reporters, he's usually fined by either the league or the team. Why isn't that happening here with number six? I think the difference is we're talking about national media okay, versus local media. Gotcha. Because, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're alluding to Marshawn Lynch. You know, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Pretty Boss. much. Yeah. So, I mean, Marshawn was notorious for hating interviews. Yeah. Um. So with that being said, I mean, a lot of these times it was like during playoff runs or like Super Bowl runs, right, where mm-hmm. he would do that whole thing. Um, 
that's the only thing I could possibly think of. I would imagine that MLB would want their stars and say what you want. Anthony Rendon is considered a star in the eyes of Major League Baseball because of the money he gets paid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how bad he is. It doesn't matter how unavailable he is. If you're getting paid $38 million, whether you like it or not, you're a star in a team because you're making star in a team money. You are forced to represent the organization, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, you shouldn't have signed on the dotted line, pal. That That's just how it works. I mean, if Todd's boss comes up to him or my boss, whatever, goes up and wants to start asking questions to somebody, if you don't answer the questions – you're probably going to get in trouble, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're required to, you know, talk about your job, talk about how you're feeling. And I understand he might not want that information to be public because he's going through an injury, but you do have a job where a lot of this information is public. If you want that kind of stuff to be private, you shouldn't have such an under the radar, under the microscope kind of job. I agree. Um, and those are good points. Cause I brought number six up because you talked about the cancer that the coyotes, uh, you know, locker room. Could number six be ours? He he very well could. I, I don't know. It seems like the guys in the locker room do like him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never asked our inside guy how he is as a locker room guy. Maybe that's something I should ask. But um, with that being said, I would bet that he's not a cancer. Okay. But, I mean, I could very well be wrong. I I think the guys probably like him. And, honestly, I'm sure in the locker room, the guy's probably a lot of fun. He seems like a kind of guy who likes taking things super serious, but in the clubhouse probably just doesn't care. True, true. You know what I mean? He he strikes me as a guy who would have been great in the Joe Madden system, like, for a long-term period of time, right? Because Joe Madden's like, bro, dude, I just got this new dent tank. Dude, I just got him down there in Santa Ana, right behind the El Gordo's Tacos. <laughs> and Anthony Mordon would be like, all right, hey, yo, puff, puff, pass, bro. Yeah, exactly. But like, let's get in the van and go down and have some fun. Yeah, right. Maybe Anthony Mordon would be better if he was on the ganja. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, he'd, be, he'd be a lot more go with the flow. Here's my thing, though, bro. I hope. At some point, you know, whether one of these veterans, like a, say, for instance, we can get our hands on a Gritchick or a Moustakis or just one of these veterans that came over to this club in the Nevin era or played in the Nevin era compared to other teams when they're retired, because obviously they won't speak now when they're playing um, or when their careers are still going. But I would like to get one either off the record or just to come on the podcast if they're brave enough and ask them, what was the 2000? 23 angels like like was it how how does it compare to another roster that you were a part of or another organization or another coaching staff because there's so many questions i want to ask why because i just feel like you said earlier the team on the paper on paper just is not playing like the one on in real life like like or the real life is on paper they're they're to me they should be much better injuries or no injuries and I don't get it, man. I mean, do you feel the same way? Like, wouldn't it be interesting to talk to one of these players currently now that maybe retire in a couple of years? Yeah, I would like that a lot. Um, I, I, I'm starting to get a really sneaking suspicion and people are going to call me an idiot, but I said this last year and it came into fruition. I I really starting to think that Phil Nevin might actually get re-signed here. I don't Ooh. think he deserves it. I don't think he should. But something tells me like Artie really likes this guy. I don't know why. I'm just really getting that hunch that Artie's a big Phil Nevin guy. I, I 
So, so would it be one of those things, bro, that if, say, for instance, they do resign him, they would say, well, okay, well, we're going to bring you back, but you got to change some certain coaches? Because we've seen that before, oh, too. Yeah. You, you think that would be a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I don't think uh, – Matt Wise is gone. Okay. Um, I, honestly, I, I think everyone in the coaching staff is gone. I don't think Ben Jagiel should be gone, but he's going to be gone because he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. I mm. am fully convinced that Ben Jagiel is going to be managing a Major League Baseball club next year. I'm or 100% at the least, with you. even like a triple A manager, you know, and then like the year afterward, mm-hmm. like it'll be something like that. Cause he was a, was it a bench coach last year? Yes. And then he moved, they gave him some special um, coaching. I, I forget the name they called it, but he's in charge of the Angels defense. And yeah. he's done a pretty good job if you look at their numbers. So, yeah. I mean, Benji Gill did pretty decent managing um, down with the Mexico leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't exactly know the name of the, of the league down there. Because uh, so I know he managed for a couple seasons there. Obviously, he did the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico. So a lot of people are always like, "Oh, well, we can't just hire him based on what he did in the World Baseball Classic." But it's like, no, we're also hiring him based off of what he did in the Mexican leagues. Yeah, and in the Mexican leagues, bro, he had a lot of love from the players. That's why he was uh, voted, or or at least you know, in the running, in which he got the World Baseball Classic Mexico team coaching job. Um, he, he, the players loved him, respected him, and they loved the way that he taught, you know, he's, he has a firm, but loving type of teaching. You could see it. I mean, we've seen it when you talk to your boy, Zach Neto, you know, when they had that conversation during the game and, and, you know, Bally's doesn't do a whole lot, right. But they got that right when they got those two on camera and you could tell Neto was sucking in all the information that, that, uh, Benji Gill was giving him. And, and it seemed like, man, you know, like this is good. This, you know, this is what we want. You know, we don't see that from our other fearless leader. We just see him play with his lips all game. Yeah, I mean, you can tell we're completely different than Bally because it's been like, what, 20 minutes and we haven't talked about Otani yet. Hey, Otani's going to be pitching. <laughs> Otani's pitching six days from tomorrow. Mark the calendars. Yeah. Do you know Otani's got many home runs? He's like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's got 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real though, Erica Weston, holler at us. You haven't come on the show yet. Exactly. But maybe she can come on in the Barbie outfit that she was wearing for like three days in a row. <laughs> I will not say my opinion on the outfit, but um, <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I I really don't know, man. I'm I'm really really frustrated with with how the team's playing. I mean. And the tough thing is to evaluate the Seattle Mariners series. What's there to evaluate? Like you said, the pitching wasn't really the problem. Yeah. Chase Silsa, Chase Silsa, sorry. Correct. Pitched an absolute gem. Mm -hmm. Pitched well. I mean, a guy who isn't supposed to really be anybody in the, right? He's supposed to be a spot starter right now. Yeah. Came up and pitched a hell of a game. You would argue right now, or or can I argue the point that Silseth's start yesterday was better than anything that Sandoval and Anderson have given us all year? It's probably better than what Otani's even given us over the last like couple weeks. I mean, granted, besides the complete game shutout, of course, yeah. that was the best start of the year mm-hmm. for any of our starters. But I mean, that was you know better than a lot of what Shohei's given us lately. Yeah, Silseth, I will say his last few starts, whatever they did down there in AAA, because, again, it just seems like when we send guys down to work on things, 
things get yeah. done, you know, and they look much better when they come back. Yeah, right. Happened to Reed Detmers last year. Correct. I mean, his last three. So obviously, this adding seven innings pitch, two earned runs, four hits. Okay. 11, uh, 12 strikeouts. I almost said 11. Sorry. Yep. 731 against Atlanta. Five innings pitch, one earned run, four strikeouts. He probably t- took him out because he was at like 45 pitches. Full Nevin's all. <laughs> 49 <laughs> pitches. Oh my God. The workload. Yeah. Dude, I know for a fact he was under 60, and I'm like, we're taking him out? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then against the Yankees on the 19th of July, 5.2 innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, 10 strikeouts. I mean, what an absolute rock star. Yep, yep. I mean, how can you send him down after this, you know? Um, oh, they will. Because <laughs> I, I know we, we, we worked with, we talked about, you know, or they've moved Jaime, and he's been hurt all year. Uh, but but at one point, you know, he was penciled in as a number six guy or not Jaime. I'm sorry, Suarez. And then Jaime was a guy that could move into that spot. But every time he, you know, he gets an opportunity, you know, he looked good for a little bit. And then Nevin didn't want to go over five innings with him. And then all of a sudden he just lost it like really fast. So maybe Silseth slides into that spot to the end of the year. I mean, as of right now, he's really your only option. I mean, as of right now, he's probably the starting pitcher who I currently trust the most at this minute. I mean, obviously, you're always going to give Shohei the benefit of the doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. Shohei Otani can give us 10 straight stinkers. That 11th, though, that's that's, that's where my halo, inner halo hunk's coming out. <laughs> that's my Roger Law. It's like, hey, it's your Fernando's law that Shohei Otani is going to make me cream my shorts with a W. <laughs> that's when you got your ballys on cue on your phone just ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That's when my Artie comes out. I love Hail Hale, Tani. We have unfinished business. <laughs> and I tell you right now, too, that's a guy that didn't really show up in this series, if you think about it. I mean, he had one home run show in then the lead game. But after that, he was quiet, and he had several times. I mean, think about it, man. On Was it game one or game two when they had two men on, and he was up there with a chance to, you know, of course, Bally's was like, home run, home run, home run, walk off. But yeah. everyone on their feet, it felt like a playoff game. And you get him up there in a situation where everyone's taking cameras. It looked like, or taking cameras, taking pictures with their phones, like back in the day with cameras and Barry Bonds. And you're yep. thinking, man, this is going to be a walk-off. This is going to be a defining moment in Shohei's career. It's going to be a wonderful Angels uh, moment. And for a guy that was wild on the mound, he helped him out on three pitches. Yeah, swung out of his shoes all three pitches. It was good morning, good afternoon, good night. Um, yeah, I, I was I was watching that and yeah, it, it looked it looked electric, right? The environment yeah. looked amazing. I, I think was James at that game? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I believe James was at that game. Yep, yep. Yeah. It, it looked like that's the kind of game that you wanted to be at, right? Like it was that moment where you were like, all right, hey, Shohei's finally gonna get a chance. They mm-hmm. they kind of have to pitch to him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're gonna give him an opportunity. And Shohei's going to give us the win, right? I mean, I don't think Otani's ever hit a walk-off home run before. I mean, Trout's only only hit, like, what, two, three? Yeah. Trout hasn't hit too many. No, he hasn't hit too many. I think um, he's he's gotten go-ahead home runs. So so is Otani. But they've never been one of those guys where it's like, oh, my God, rip one down the line. They're going to win this game. You know, like, I think I can only remember two, maybe one that Otani's done. 
And I thought this was the moment. We all stood yep. up, like at my house, we were watching the game, and everybody stood up because we were like, here we go, here we go. And before we <laughs> we were still trying to get like amped up for it, and he strikes out. I'm like, the hell? Yeah. Do you yeah. think he, do you think he's the only batter on this team that just changes his approach with runners on? Because he looks more comfortable with nobody on. Yeah, right. And well, Matt Chapman says he's the only guy who can hit. So <laughs> Because he looks like he wants to just crush a home run every time we got a guy in on base or it's late in the game. Yeah, you got to shorten up the swing there and just, you know, don't try to hit it over. Like, that's probably the time where you should be trying to, you know, either pull the ball over the fence for a home run if that's your, that's your game. Mm -hmm. But really, you want to try to poke it the opposite way, especially for a guy like Shohei who is capable of doing that and muscle it between the left uh, fielder and the center fielder. Correct. Give yourself a chance. Drive in those two runs and at least get yourself to second base. You know, that sounds that's easier said than done, but Shohei Otani is a hitter who can do that. He has the strength to do that. Correct. It is very hard to go opposite field with power in the alley there for a double. Extremely difficult. I'll argue that might be one of the hardest things in baseball to do. But when you are a guy like Shohei Otani, you are more than capable of doing that. And that is what a guy of his caliber should be doing. We talk so much about Albert Pujols and the failed contract that was. Angels fans want to ridicule, and hell, they want to crucify Albert Pujols for what he did here in Anaheim. Albert Pujols, with runners on late in the game, was the man because he didn't strike out. Did he ground into a lot of double plays? Sure. Did he pop out a lot? Sure. But in this game, all you could ever do is give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. And we were getting mad at Pujols for those double plays and those fly balls. But you know what? He gave himself and the team a chance. With that being said, a pop-out to advance the runners on. Sure, now that's the bottom of the uh, bottom of the ninth inning. There's a runner on second and third with two outs. At least he gave the team a chance because the runners advanced. What did Shohei do? Did he give the team a chance by striking out? No. No. So next time you want to criticize Pujols, for grounding into so many double plays, all you could ever do in the game of baseball is hit the ball, and that's what he did. Exactly, and I, you know, I want to ask you this question: the ERAs, not the the pitchers they have behind them this year, but do you think the team's overall pitching was better last year compared to this year? Uh, I mean, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. It's so easy to say, well, if we had last year's pitching and, you know, the bulk of this year's hitting, we'd probably be a great team. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, we could all do that. Uh, in terms of do I think last year's pitching was better, I'm going to say yes, because Otani in my world, I, I'd have to pull up the stats for last year, mm -hmm. but I feel he was a little more consistent. Um, Patrick Sandoval was on sicko mode last year. Reed Detmers, when he came back up, was amazing last year. Not to mention he did have the no-hitter. Um, but we also have guys this year like Chase Silsa. Mm -hmm. And we also have Griffin Canning, who has stepped up. So it's really hard because I feel like we're picking and choosing. Our okay. bullpen, our back end of the bullpen this year is better because Carlos Estevez, minus this very first game where he blew the save, has been amazing. And I'll say this, okay? And Vetter, I know you're listening. You're right. When I listened to the phone call that you made, you are right. Honestly, that's one time where I think uh, you, it, it was good you held Todd accountable. <laughs> because Carlos Estevez does not deserve the smoke 
because he's had an amazing season. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has been a godsend for this team. Can you imagine how much worse we would be if we didn't have him as a uh, back end of the bullpen guy and we were having to rely on uh, Jimmy Herget, who everybody wanted to be the closer? Okay, not everyone, but I said like 85% of fans were like, oh, he's going to be our closer. He's the yeah. human glitch. Oh, can you imagine how nasty those pitches are going to be at the ninth inning? Yeah, yeah I was so one of nasty them. that the guy's been DFA'd what, twice? Yes. Once at least. <laughs> it's twice? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we're going to have to pick and choose aspects. But overall, if we're talking starting pitching, I think I'm taking last year's squad. Somebody's probably going to tweet at me because, you know, most people know I run the Twitter and they're probably going to send me like screenshots. Like, you're you're a freaking idiot, Fernando. And it's like to that. I know I am an idiot. <laughs> well, I live in Texas and it's been 100 degrees every day this summer. Nice. And you got one more month or so to go. But uh... yeah. Hey, don't worry. Uh, I get to take um, I get to take my girlfriend uh, next week to be anointed as an Angels fan. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, and we get to see the Angels get their cheeks clapped by the Rangers. All right. Way to yeah. go. Take lots of pictures. <laughs> uh, I, I got I got her a City Connect jersey, so there you go. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to match and, and, and look cute as we lose spectacularly. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Now, the reason why I brought up the pitching comparisons is because <clears throat> the hitting. I, I want to see the final numbers when it comes into play last year's just minor league squad of batters compared to this year's stars. And I want to see, like, because the strikeout rate, and you brought up a good point with pull holes. At least he was putting the ball in play. And so many of these hitters, I mean, a guy that I've been really campaigning for and the page has been campaigning for in Moniac got hot, you know, Earned that starting position. I don't think anybody can argue it. And we were starting to say, ha ha, Nevin, look, you're wrong. And then dude has been striking out just like constantly. I mean, he's had three hat tricks and a golden sombrero in a week. That's a lot of strikeouts, bro. That's 13 strikeouts by himself. And that's not to mention the other games where he had one or two. You know what I mean? So like we're not working with the hitters when you're given the the uh, opponent t- opposing team so many strikeouts and easy outs. I mean, it reminded me of what the Yankees were so frustrated. Their fans, they struck out uh, almost half the amount of a bats they had in that three-game series. They wasted a lot of outs, and that reminded me of last year's Angels team. But this year's Angels team really hasn't fixed that problem. Yeah, so Mickey Moniak, in 219 at-bats so far this season, has struck out 78 times, and he's only walked eight times. In his four years as a major leaguer, he hasn't even combined for 20 walks. Wow. So we can say what we want about Mickey Moniak having a pretty solid season with the bat. And he is slowly starting to come back to earth. He's now batting 306. I know everyone's going to be like, (laughs) what? That's so good. But I mean, once again, this is still a small sample size. Mm -hmm. Most of these guys are hovering around, what, 500 at bats right now? Correct. Yeah, and he's at 230. Uh, 219, sorry. 230 at-bats, which, once again, lets you know how little he walks. Man, and that that's a, that's a telling point right there, dude. He's got to bring them walks up. Because he, he's another one of these guys where it's like two pitches in, he's already 0-2. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm looking up, uh, I'm trying to find uh, Zach Neto's walks real quick. 
Neto's another guy that I don't know. We talked about it last night with him going back on the IL. I tend to believe that he was rushed or he rushed himself out too fast. You know, with an oblique, you really oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you really don't know. And and it's it's interesting to hear the Angels brass are just saying lower back pain. Come on, man, just say what it is. He he re uh you know he re hurt the the freaking uh, uh oblique again, and it's straining him again. So here's where I am on the. And so, I mean, naturally, he's got what, like another week to truly sit on the IL so they can really evaluate him. Correct. If this team continues to skid for a week, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, over the next, like, 10 ish games, we win two or three of them, I'm shutting Neto down for the year. I agree. And the reason for that is because, I mean, if we lose seven of the next 10, a, we're cooked, uh, officially. I mean, I really feel like we're, we're pretty cooked. Mm-hmm. Angel's Twitter is pretty dro- doom and gloom. For all of the people who are like, oh, I'm a positive podcast host because there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> you know, that's fine. Suck my pee-pee. So with that being, <laughs> with that being said, um, I, if we're losing seven of the next ten, hypothetically – it's not worth giving him a long-term injury. I mean, whatever the case is, oblique, if it actually is back tightness, uh, let, let's give the Angels the benefit of the doubt because they've been so honest when it comes to players' injuries over the last three <laughs> years. Uh, let's give them the benefit of the doubt because they deserve that. Um, I mean, look at Clayton Kershaw, dude. He's He misses, what, like eight to ten starts a year because of yep. his back? yep. And it's been something he's dealt with forever. Obviously, an oblique could be something that's a, a mild fix if you let it properly heal, or it could be something that's a career-altering injury if it doesn't heal properly, if you don't properly uh, do the physical therapy needed. That's a really, really difficult injury to bounce back from. It is. And my thoughts with Neto, too, are the same. I, I feel he should be shut down if we don't get any kind of, like, progress with the healing part of it. I just don't want to risk him because I think he's going to be such an important cog next year, no matter what happens with Otani. So that leads me into my next question, Ohapi. Oh, well, with- before we get into Logan Ohapi, I can't believe we waited this long. We need to thank our sponsors. Oh, there you go. Yeah, what's wrong with us? Oh, so – when you're when you're battling depression and you, especially the commercials that are on Bally's and you need a drink, <laughs> where do, where do you go, Fernando? Uh, Angel Stadium for some overpriced beer? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> oh, you're right. You go to a good local brewery, like Noble Ale Works. Yes. Correct. Yeah, you don't go to Angel Stadium for overpriced beer. But if you did want to go to Angel Stadium for some overpriced beer, and I need a ticket, and I love paying fees. Mm-hmm. Where do I go? I, I go anywhere but. You go anywhere but 714 tickets, 714 tickets. The price you see, baby, is the price you get. Oh, sorry. Did I say I like fees? I mean, I don't like fees <laughs> because who likes fees besides Artie? Exactly. And paying more taxes. Well, evading taxes anyway. But the, you don't you, you kind of evade taxes just like Artie by going to 714 tickets and also put, putting in. Don't H-I-T-M. say that. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> That's not true, ladies and gentlemen. You are not going to evade taxes and the government. Well, I mean, you might be doing that yourself. And if you do, all power to you. But this won't be the reason why the government goes. Forward. I was just I was just saying it feels like you're evading taxes by using our promo code and getting that 10 percent off, which would have been the taxes. 
There you go. Yeah. The, okay. That, that's fine. That's fine. I thought you were like Al Capone for a second. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's how you work a deal. You evade the taxes. Yeah. How crazy is it that he didn't get like arrested for like all like the mob stuff? It was like tax evasion. <laughs> yeah. Not one murder. And then, yeah, then it wasn't that. It was the tax evasion. And then he dies of all things gonorrhea. Oh man, what a way to go. Yeah, I'm positive that that was a bad way to die. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh man. I <sighs> should have wrapped the cannoli. Um, but uh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the folks are like, I'm 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 listening to to a different part. I'm going to go listen to the Lockdown Angels boys. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, "And stop." <laughs> yeah, and one star review. <laughs> Oh man, but getting back to it, um Ohapi, great we all think he, and know he's gonna be a great player with this team. Mm-hmm. We know he's made a tremendous amount of pro- progress in his rehab. At this point, like you're talking about Angels two and eight in their last ten. Um what's the need for him to rush back? Well, you know, once again, I think it's gonna depend on what happens here uh against uh who are we playing? We play we got the Giants and then we got the Texas two step, right? Correct. Okay, so it's going to depend how those, like, what, 12 games go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to tell us a lot. I mean, the Giants, I haven't checked on them lately. Are they still in second place? I believe so because Arizona has fallen off and San Diego, San Diego. Yeah, right. Can't go back to San Diego. You can't. Um, the Dodgers are still in first place there. They got four games up on the Giants. Uh, the Diamondbacks are eight and a half back. Whoa. I knew they were falling back, but I didn't think they were getting cream pied like that. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have San Diego, who's 10 games back. Fitting how that they're like where we are. Uh, yeah, but with more talent, that's actually been healthy. It's not like Soto's been out. It's not like, you know, Tatis true. had the PEDs. But I mean, Machado was out for a while, right? He was out for a little, season? a little bit. And then you had also, but but you had Devers. I mean, you have so much talent over there. And they just. Devers, you mean Bogarts? Bo, there you go, Bogarts. Yeah, I was thinking the other guy. Yeah, no, you're good. But but that team, uh, geez, they're 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 fr- they're a frustrating watch, man. I, I mean, I, I would have to to say that I actually empathize with the Padre fans a little. No, actually, I don't. I empathize with us because at least they had playoff success last year. They were able to beat their arch rivals in a postseason, uh, go farther than they thought they would. But uh, this year, as far as being extremely disappointed, um. You, one can argue that the Angels not making the postseason is less m- disappointing than freaking the Padres. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, you know, you know, the Padres have always been my second favorite team. You know, growing up in mm-hmm. San Diego for 20 years, um, I, I grew up going to a lot of Padres games. I have a lot of friends who are Padres fans. My, my dad's a Padres fan. So I, I know what it's like to be a Padres fan because I saw them for years. What I hated was what the Padres fans turned into after just a little bit of playoff success last year, they turned into like, it was like the Seattle Mariners, like the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, and I'm glad that both of them have gotten served a slice of humble pie this year. Seattle lately has started to show a little bit more success. That makes me uncomfortable. What they are 60 and 52 right now. Mm-hmm. They're likely, so, they're likely yeah. going to try to either sneak in or be there at the end of the September. Who would have thought that the secret to them getting hot was to trade their best closer and their best bullpen arm? <laughs> who thought? Who would have thought that that's like the secret? Is is Jerry Depoto an actual mad scientist when it comes to being a GM? Does well, he just... wasn't 
wasn't Jerry Depoto part of the whole Moneyball thing? I'm not sure about that. Because sure I know was... Jonah Hill's character was a fake, you know, was a doctored guy for the movie. I think it was the combination of two people, and I think Jerry Depoto was one of them. That's interesting. I, I'm, I haven't I'm read the sure. book, but I want to read the book Moneyball. I actually I went to Barnes and Noble over the weekend, uh, and um, while my girlfriend was shopping for things uh, that she needed for like school, I was like in the sports section, and I actually found it. I read mm-hmm. like the the preface and everything, and I was like, I, I, I've always wanted to read the book. But I do believe it's based off of two people, and Jerry Depoto is one of them. That's pretty crazy if it is, because and that's one guy that doesn't get mentioned as a genius as he should. Because again, I mean, like it's hard to say what he, what would have happened here in Anaheim. I thought he was building something before they had their transgressions, and he left. Um, but to see what he's done in Seattle, and Seattle giving him that time to actually go through the rebuild. And I think they're in a pretty good spot. They've had a few misses here, which has led to some of their downfalls. Because who would have thought, is it Flexin? One of their best guys was going to be pitching to a 10 ERA and get DFA'd and go to freaking Colorado. I mean, I I didn't see that coming at all, dude. Like, you know, but they've been able to regroup with a couple of their pitchers here. And they're they're starting to win. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to see here if there's a, if there's any truth to what I just said. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll go on babbling. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think right now, I mean, um, the Seattle Mariners are one of these teams that, again, I don't see anybody coming out of the Central scaring anybody, with, whether if it's Ohio or if it's Minnesota. They're going to be one and done. But a Seattle-type team could catch a little fire like they did last year and do it to Toronto and upset somebody again. And that would be crazy because, again, we all thought just a month or two ago, and right, especially before the break, that it's like the Angels have an outside chance of getting the postseason. We're still honking our honks. You know, we're going to catch either Houston or Texas, or, you know, it's going to come down to us three at the end. We all but canceled out Seattle and weren't even thinking about them. And to see where they're at right now, I think that's more of a punch to the gut to Angel fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It turns out that I completely pulled that out of my ass. Um, I heard it from someone. Turns out I was wrong. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wrote Seattle off completely. I thought they were done. I thought they were over. Um, the same way that you wrote Texas off. Like You mm-hmm. were like, oh, it's a fluke. It's a flash of the pan. Nothing's going to happen with them. I, I mean, they're going to definitely go neck and neck with Houston. Um, I, I still – well, their third baseman just got hurt. Who, uh, Houston? No, no, Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah. I, I, and he's really good. What's his name? Like, is, is it also Jung? Because I know they have Dijon uh, yeah, on yeah. a different team. But I think their third baseman was also like Jung. Because I know Texas is one of those teams that they're, they're, they've are they're they've actually, besides DeGrom and a couple other players, really haven't had too many injuries. I know they, they dealt Jung. with – um, what was a guy, Avaldi? He went down on the IL. I don't know if he's off yet. He's like, not. Yeah, he might be shut down with another uh, Tommy John surgery. Damn. Not official yet, but I mean, that's kind of the the word on the road. Well, because if that's true, that's huge because then that makes sense for the Scherzer deal. And then you got Araldus Chapman, Will Smith in the back end of that bullpen and pretty much nobody else. So it's it's a team that usually out hits you because their offense is so damn good. But losing a third baseman right there. Um, again, we've watched many times teams try to mash their way into the playoffs and they don't win really on, 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 
except with a team like the O2 Angels that actually got hits and home runs. Usually teams that mash their way into the postseason get beat by good pitching because good pitching what? Beats good hitting. So I think right now, <clears throat> I still think Houston overtakes them here either in August or in September. They're going to take the division from them. But I, I was, I'm probably going to be wrong with Texas not making the playoffs. That was my prediction. But, uh, Uno, stranger things can happen. But there is too much talent on that team for them not to make the playoffs. Yeah, I remember us all laughing last year when they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And we were yep. like, dude, could you imagine spending half a billion dollars on like two players in the middle of the infield for your team just to be garbage? And boy, were we wrong. You yep. want to talk about two signings that completely panned out for Texas. It was those two guys. Yeah, Corey Seager's gotten hurt, but when he's there, he's effective. I mean, he's, he's the greatest hitter of all time, according Joe to the Madden. Angels. Joe yeah, Madden. according to Joe Madden. Yeah, balls and balls and Corey Seager. <laughs> balls and balls and Corey Seager's the best hitter of all time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that Chris Young is looking like a genius for signing those two guys. Marcus Simeon arguably has been one of the best players in baseball during his two year stretch with the Rangers. And I mean, I think we all knew that was coming. You know, you ask who one of the most hated athletics were for Angels fans. You're going to get Mark Canna, you're going to get Ramon Laureano, and you're going to get a lot of Marcus Simeon. Correct. Yeah. You know, because those are three guys that beat us every time. Ramon Laureano would just DFA because, you know, the roids. Uh, <laughs> you know, since he got off the roids, he just hasn't been very good. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, and Mark Canna was an afterthought lately because, you know, now he's with the Mets, and then they traded him to, was it the Brewers? Yes, he's bounced around a little bit. Yeah, there he goes, bouncing around like a Bonaparte gigolo, just finding work where he can get it. Uh, yeah, whatever John pulls up, he jumps right in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and But, uh, yeah, Marcus Simeon, man, I mean, it pains me to say it. You got to give Texas the benefit, credit, man. They, almost everyone they have signed turns to gold, the complete opposite of the Angels. The Angels make a signing, and they're irrelevant pretty quick. You know, or it's average at best. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, who was the last signing we, we've had here who was legitimately good their entire time? I mean, so, I mean, obviously, Vlad Guerrero comes to mind immediately, mm -hmm. but that was a long time ago. There has to be somebody else since. And I mean, like, a complete signing. I don't mean a re-signing. Because some people might be like, well, Jared Weaver, when we signed him, was decent. Yeah, his last two years weren't amazing. Okay, yeah, but he was a re-signing. I, I think if Carlos Estevez has a good year next year, that's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah. But we're still living in that one. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, so so one that's already panned out already. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we have to think that hard <laughs> is crazy. Because, I mean, look at the Padres. Manny Machado. Yeah. Immediately comes to mind. Now they've re-signed Machado, and he's having, a, you know, an average to above average year. But the first time when he signed was great. And they made it to the playoffs, what, twice? Yeah, so, he, he fulfilled his contract, that first one, for sure. Exactly, exactly. So that name probably comes to mind immediately if you're the mm -hmm. Padres. Because, you that, know, I, I immediately think bad contracts for the Angels. This would be a great question of the day tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I haven't real. had one. I haven't made a question for the day today because, I mean, I basically just woke up and, and did this. So maybe oh, that would be today's question. Yeah, maybe it's today then. Cause, cause but this I also one... promised Andrew I would do the question of the day of who would you rather sign for the Angels' first baseman, Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman? Like hypothetically in this world. Boy, oh, boy, that's a that's a good one right there too. 
Yeah. I So him and I talked about it for a little bit. I said Freddie Freeman and he agreed. We both believe that his character would fit in with what the Angels need. I believe so. We I don't know if there's any bad blood between Matt Olson and the Angels because they're a division rivals. I don't know. Sometimes things are set on the field. Who knows? That's true. And bringing over an enemy might screw up whatever, you know, uh, a little chemistry per- you do have. Yeah, because <laughs> I think, you know, when you play the video games and it, it shows everything as far as chemistry levels and friendships and everything, <laughs> I think yeah. if you're a scroll on the Angels, it'd be minuscule at best. <laughs> yeah, everyone would be like either at, new- at neutral or like uh, extremely unsatisfied. Exactly. <laughs> And then every time you go to sim to a next game, you have a player wanting to talk with a possible uh, trade request. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, how it'll like let you know like the top three guys who are like complaining the most. It says Andrew Velasquez, squid, angry about playing time, and he has like the frowny face. <laughs> it has the red frowny face. Yeah, so, oh, man, he really isn't happy. <laughs> this guy's not playing. Exactly. <laughs> what if like that's why they keep playing him because he's such a locker room cancer? But like he survived everything. Think, like, I know the, that's what I'm trying to think. Why would they keep him? Like he he would have to like have dirt on somebody or like he is literally the cockroach of the team. Like he'll survive a nuclear blast. Like that dude, like <laughs> literally, like it doesn't matter his average, doesn't matter what he's doing. He just he just he just stays on the team, dude. And like <laughs> I don't get it either. I'm with you. He's got some sort of dirt. Uh, you know, he he knows who shot Kennedy. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like like J Lo and uh, Ben Affleck. He's just kind of in the shadows, waiting. Oh, you're divorced now. <laughs> it's like it's like squid. Oh, 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 somebody got hurt. I'm here. Yeah, you're not sending me down. I'm staying. Yeah, it's like that scene from The Shining. He's like breaking through the door to Phil Neville's door. Here, Squiddy. <laughs> Oh man! Maybe that... he does know who shot Kennedy. Maybe that's it. he knows who. Well, I was gonna say he knows who shot uh, Martin Luther King, but we know who shot Martin Luther yeah, King. Yeah, we know who those. Shot. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bad example. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know yeah, Fernando I, I, did didn't you ever pass go to the history. I, that was my best subject, bro. I'm gonna ask ask any of my friends. They're like, yeah, I can like name a lot of historical events. I'm really good at history. It just Except was, Martin Luther King. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I was actually about to say I've never gone to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, and I've been in Memphis twenty times. Did you ever get to go when you lived there? Actually, we were going to go there along with uh, Elvis's house, which you all know is in the best neighborhood of all time in Memphis. Dude, Graceland's disgusting. <laughs> Graceland's <laughs> freaking gross. But uh, but yeah, we we were gonna go do the whole downtown Memphis thing, and uh, when we were li- when we first got there, and we were supposed to go to the, the Civil Rights Museum, but for whatever reason, it was closed that day. So we went we wound up going down to Bill Street too. So uh, okay, but, it was a Monday. Yeah, it, it was something. Museums like are that. never open Mondays. Yeah, I know it wasn't a weekend because it was like before I even started working. So okay yeah, yeah I, every time i go there i'm always like oh man i need to go to the civil rights museum i want to right Cause it's the motel right where where he was tragically yeah shot. it's it's basically been uh what is that called uh it's stuck in time like you know yeah I mean? yeah because yeah. Yeah. we drove by and they still had all the classic cars that were there at the time and everything okay yeah that, can you imagine how traumatizing the day that must have been to just get a crappy motel on the wrong side of memphis clearly jeez yeah no kidding He's this like civil rights hero who just gets murdered in cold blood. And all you were trying to do was watch, I, I don't know, Zabumafu. I don't know. <laughs> what are you watching at like 9 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah. Or he's trying to get the, what is it called? The um, Continental Breakfast. 
you know, the Danish and coffee. Yeah, the two you're day trying to get like coffee. the worst fucking muffins you could ever. <laughs> the most stale muffins in the world. Toast so hard you chip a tooth. Yeah, like they're all hard as a rock. You could like, use them as grenades if you wanted to. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, getting back to what we were talking about, this the the way that teams have built up themselves to be in the playoff contention we thought this team was going to do the same thing and we've mentioned other teams you brought up texas and there's other teams that have made trades and possible players that would have fit in here contracts that should have worked and um you know like i said i'm still racking my brain in in between all those conversations right now i still can't think of one that's been clear-cut pan out for the angels and that's a problem you know that's that's got to change um you know whether it's changing now or not but the recent past has just been just obliterated with bad contracts or guys that never stay healthy and stuff like that and those are many of the reasons why this angels team has been consistently inconsistent okay so as as we wrap up here i kind of want to do one of those like contenders or pretenders things because now we're starting to really really get to crunch time for a lot of these teams, not even just the angels so i'm gonna say i'm gonna name the top two teams in every division and then we'll go to the wild card. And you let me know if they're going to get in or not. Okay? All right. Texas. In. Okay. And you don't have to say, you know, division or wild card. We'll probably have a little bit more time to decide that. But you're just going to say in or not. I think they're in. Okay. Houston. In. Baltimore. In. Tampa. In. Minnesota. In. Candy ass division. Yep. Uh, we had to, I said the number two teams. So Cleveland. Nope. Okay, yeah, I don't <laughs> four and a half games back, but they're fifty-four and fifty-eight. So yeah. Uh Atlanta. Yep. In. I think I think they're going on a deep playoff run. Book yep. it. I think they're World Series champs. Okay. Uh Philly. Uh in. They're sixty-one and fifty-one, but they're ten and a half back. But it's because the uh, Atlanta's seventy and thirty-nine. Yeah, they're just too good. Milwaukee. In. Here's a really interesting one. The Cubs. No, I think they fall just short. I, okay, I think they're, they're building... 58 and 54, but they're only a game and a half back. I think they're building for next year. I think they're going to be kind of okay. tough next year. So you think Simeon sticks then? Because I think he's got a player option. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I was there when he got his 1,500 strikeout, or maybe it was 1,000 strikeout. I was there. Yeah, it was funny. He literally stepped off the mound and started like clapping for himself. He <laughs> just <laughs> stone face and everything. It was hilarious. Wow. But they got their cheeks clapped by the Dodgers and it was like 28 degrees out and I was super pissed. <laughs> oh, I know you wanted you wanted the Cubs to beat them Dodgers, man. Dude, I literally I went, I bought a Cubs shirt, I bought a Cubs hoodie and a Cubs beanie because I was like, man, you know, they're playing my second favorite team is the team was playing the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm a giant the Cubs. Big Cubs guy today, and they disappointed me. Um, and there's this guy who was in front of me. He's like, how long have you been a Cubs fan? I'm like, my whole life, brother. <laughs> no, I told him. I was like, no, nah, I, I just hate the Dodgers. <laughs> that would be funny. You'd been like, man, ever since today. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've been down in the trenches with these dogs since I woke up this fucking morning, yo. I went to Marshall's and I bought this shirt. Went across the street, spent 40 bucks for this crew neck and $28 for this beanie. You should have left the tags on. <laughs> I should have been like, man, my whole life and like ticking everything off the tag slot out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be a funny, that'd be a funny YouTube video. 
There's one YouTube video I've always wanted to do, but I think it might get us banned out of Angel Stadium, so I Uh-oh. don't want to do it in Angel Stadium. Okay. We'll talk off air. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, last two for the NL West. Dodgers. In. Giants. I don't think they get in. Okay. So, let's so the, let's talk about the two fringe teams right now in, in both wild cards. Okay. Well, I guess for this one, we can do three because we didn't talk about them the first time. Toronto. In. Okay. Seattle. I don't think they make it. Okay. The Yankees. Nope. Okay. So now National League to close up there. Um, the Cubs currently have a wild card spot. Cubs, mm-hmm. Giants, and Phillies currently do. Okay. So let's do Cincinnati. In. Okay. They are te- they are technically tied, but the white uh, the Cubs have the deal breaker there. Whatever. Tiebreaker. All right. Marlins? Half a day back. I think they get the last one. Marlins will okay. be the last one, right? Yeah, I think they get the last yeah. one. Yeah, and then Arizona's only a game and a half out, so you think they miss it? Yeah, I think they miss. Okay, well, that would be pretty guess. cool to see, like you know, those teams get in, like the Reds and Marlins. So yeah, if the Reds make it in, I'm cheering for the Reds this year. Me too. Uh, I'm cheering for the Reds and like the the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of baseball fans, are like bro, that's gonna be such a boring World Series, but no, I feel like that could be the start of like a good rivalry. You got two young teams. Two young cores, two hungry organizations, and I mean those are they have young players, like I said, so they can do this for years to come. That's yeah. what you want. You want a rivalry like that. We haven't had a rivalry like that in baseball, and God, I don't even think my lifetime. It's been a long time, yeah. I mean, because they try to do that all the time still with like the Red Sox, Yankees, but nobody cares. ESPN. Mm-hmm. Red Sox and Yankees facing off for the 90th time this year. Why? Because we make the rules for them. Yep. It's a, it's either them or Phillies and Mets. <laughs> you know, or Cubs and uh, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. They don't know of any other – they don't try to bring up any other rivalries, you know, because for a moment there when the, the Reds were fringe good and the Pirates were good with Hurdle, they got into a lot of fights. They should have been pushing those two teams. Yeah, and the Reds are kind of always that team who I've always liked too. My godfather's a big Reds fan, so uh, for like three, four years, he would always go to San Diego when the Reds were or the yeah Reds were playing the Padres, and he would take me to all three of those games. Uh, and then the, every like couple of years when they'd go to Anaheim, we'd meet up and go to all three of those games. We did that for for years. So you know, I grew up liking the Reds too because of that. You know what I mean? I got to see Aroldis Chapman come up. I got to see Rysel Iglesias before he was Pete Soto's goddamn closer. Um, <laughs> you mean canceled I, Soto? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pete Cansa. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can think of something clever. It's fine. I, I don't have to. He, he's not relevant anymore <laughs> because because he said a boo boo no. But he plays on Sundays, Fernando. Does he? <laughs> No, he's a photographer now or something. Oh, is he? Wow. For, yeah, for like the Dodgers, uh, they're uh, low A teams. Mm, nice. Hey, good for him though. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Just because I'm not a fan doesn't mean. And I used to be a fan of his. I'll throw that out there. And so was Todd until he turned into an asshole with us because he took Randy's image. Who we we hope Randy's doing well with the box score podcast. Uh, you know, tip of the cap there, guy. But. Um, with that being said, when he turned into a complete asshole about that, I was like, all right, F this guy. There was a time where Todd and I were like, man, we wish we could pooch him. Uh, po- poach him. Not pooch, pooch him. him. <laughs> pooch him. Yeah, poach him. We Good thought thing he, we did it. Yeah, we thought he had a, uh, a way with words, 
and uh, and content. Yeah. So we were like, <laughs> boy, were we wrong. <laughs> Our I scouting mean, technically, he didn't say anything. He just sat there and went, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. As canceled cook said the racist things. <laughs> but they double both of them doubled down, you know? So Yeah, that's fair. That's like the worst thing you can do. Even a casino. Yeah. That's coming from me who double downs play blackjack all the time. <laughs> I'm a, I have a 13. It's fine. I have a 13. They have a seven. <clears throat> it's gonna be a soft seven. Double down. So Hit that's me. not what the odds say. Did I ask you what the odds say? Double down. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, don't have the best reasoning over there. Let's just say yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, these are these are all good to think about because um, right now we're in the thick of the playoff um, run right now, and I just wish the Angels were there. I wish they were, you know, because subconsciously they are. They're, I mean, they're a team. They're still breathing. They still play, but <laughs> they're just not in the race right now. I mean, they've kicked themselves out of this thing. Well, the good news is the season starts tonight. <laughs> In Anaheim. I hope that everyone riding their bike down could tell on their handlebars like I'd ride that old Johnny. And I hope you pay a quarter to sit in the 600 section that's so high you get six nosebleeds during the two-hour game that Rob Manfred made even quicker. (laughs) And you watch our boys rally to win today's game and single-handedly make the playoffs off today's performance because that's how it works and that's Lodge's Locks. Sponsored by the Winery Restaurant and Wine Bar. <laughs> what car do you drive, Roger? Or your wife drives? <laughs> my wife drives me. <laughs> I just ride my bike. I just she doesn't right. trust me with a driver's license. I just screamed John's name in the middle of sex. Oh God. <laughs> but here's a here's the thing though. Um, you know, my dad said the other night, he goes, Boy, can you believe we're we're uh, this many games into the season? And we still got about another 50 to go and we're losing like this. I'm like, yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> you know, It's not like we just pulled ourselves out. And there's only like 10 or 15 games. There's still 50 to go, dude. Hey, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. And this is either where it gets really fun or it really sucks, but it's something good. Yeah, yeah. You, you would love a rally time at this point, but. Yeah, it's I funny, man. This time, like before the Seattle series. I would have told you we're making the playoffs. I, I was confident. I was like, we're like, what, two games out? We're go- We're doing it. We're running this thing. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here like, all right, well, like I said, it's going to be our luck here when we like win two out of three against the Giants. We sweep the Texas two-step, and all of a sudden we have hope again, and we're getting cream pie all over again. Yeah, that's the thing that I don't want to have to deal with, but it might be one of these things that, do, that we have to. You know. Oh, you know we will. You know we will. And oh, we'll yeah. miss the play. It'll come down to the last three games as per usual, the last five games. We don't control our own destiny, and we yeah. don't make it. It's not my first rodeo. No, it's not. But I haven't been to my first rodeo yet. No, speaking of rodeos. All right. Yeah. We almost went on Saturday. Said we want to go watch the Haunted Mansion. If you do, you have to get the, the cowboy boots and the hat. You got to go official, man. I got to get the pants with the little frou-frous. Yes, and the belt little, buckle that, that weighs more than you do. Yeah, it has like Bucky's face on it. <laughs> Gas stop official. Uh, so there you go. Any final thoughts, man? Uh, we didn't talk about the Seattle Mariners series much at all, and that's fine. We touched on it. The Angels sucked this series. They got swept by Seattle. There's nothing else to talk about. I think we're going to win two out of three against the Giants because I don't have a choice. 
I'm hoping that we're gonna that I'm gonna be wrong. Let's. I had the here we go. The probable pitchers real quick. Let's do Let's that. Okay. Logan Webb versus Patrick Sandoval. Webb is 99, 3.45 ERA. Sandoval is 6 and 8 with a 4.11 ERA. I think Patrick Sandoval takes the dub here. I'm going to go the other way since we're going to be in attendance for that game tomorrow. Giants win. Oh, you're going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Double, definitely lost. Uh, <laughs> double digit loss, actually. Uh, all right. Tuesday, uh, the classic TBD for the Giants versus Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito is 6-8 with a 4.36 ERA. Does he get the monkey off his back and get his first win as a halo? I th- I'm honking my honk on this one. I think he gets the job done. Pitch is much yeah. better at home. Quality start. Quality start. Yeah. I think yep. he gets a quality start. All right. And then, once again, the Giants TBD. Wait, what are, what are they doing over there? Um, Sho- versus Shohei Otani. Who is 9-5 with a 3.32 ERA and 160 strikeouts. Shohei's on the bump. Show me my honks, because I think the Angels are going to lose this game. I already said they were going to win two out of three. That oh. would be a, so, yeah, I think I think they lose. It won't be Shohei's fault. Well, I'll tell you where I sit on the two two out of three. I'm scared. Give me the Angels winning that game with Shohei Otani. <laughs> okay, so we're both predicting two out of three. You know, it's funny, because people are always like, oh, they're so negative over there. People like to throw it on our face, but like, I feel like we predicted way more serious wins than losses, and we've been wrong almost every time <laughs> correct <laughs> so uh, typically it's courtney who's right but uh she's not here so yeah courtney's the one that always goes i don't care what you pieces of trash say we're gonna lose uh all three and we're like no we're not yeah three out courtney, of three. girl you dumb you know yeah you don't, what do you know about like, baseball and then all of a sudden yeah. we get swept i told you <laughs> yeah she knows way more about baseball than i'll ever forget <laughs> she forgot more about baseball than i'll ever know there you go there you go <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's all I have, man. I mean, you know, hopefully we can at least keep the mirage going a little bit. I mean, it's tough to sit here right now and be like, oh, we're a playoff team. Because at the current minute where we sit right now, we are not a playoff team. And I don't mean because of where we are in the standings. Obviously, we're not a playoff team this season and today. But the good news is it starts today. Exactly. Uh, it starts that, tonight. It, yeah, the season starts tonight. <laughs> um, but, no, honestly, they can still turn it around. As of right now, I have no choice. Baseball season is what I have. At least when baseball fades away, you have the Seahawks. I have nothing. (laughs) Besides the Coyotes, you just signed the best defenseman available, Matt Dumba. So I put money like a week ago. I think the line, uh, the over-under was like 62.5 points. So they got 63 points. That's like what, like 30-something wins and like a tie? So if they get that many wins, I think I get like $400. I put like five bucks down. So... That's actually not a bad, uh, you know, bad thing to bet on because I believe they should get more than sixty-two points. Last year it was like it was uh, it was fifty-nine and a half, and I bet the over, and I won like almost four hundred bucks too. Yeah, because yeah. it's like sixteen hundred or one odds or whatever it is. I don't, I, I forgot. I don't know. If it's, yeah, it's sixteen hundred, right? Where it's like they're predicting like there's a like super super unlikely that they're going to get over that many, and they did so. I might take up that, you know, let me know where you bet on that because I might take that up for the Ducks. Cause I, I, I use betonline.ag. Because they might be better than expected. You know, they might – because I want to see how low – because they were the worst team basically last year, and they're in a complete rebuild this year. So we'll see. Yeah, sometimes it's good to take those. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you put like 2 or $3 on it literally, and, you know, it pays a couple hundred because the odds are so, you know, not in mm-hmm. the favor. Yeah, we got to get a betting sponsorship. Absolutely. That that's our next thing because we already got the alcohol. 
and we already got yeah. the tickets. And the alcohol well, might be getting a lot better if we can, you know, potentially in the future allude to that. Yes, we will. We will, because that is is looking more and more likely it's going to happen. So yeah, you have a meeting with that later, right? With Noble. Yep, I go Sweet. there in a few hours here. So good. Let, uh, let, was, let me know ahead. if there's any questions you want me to ask him. By the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then I good. could I could totally do that. All right. So for uh, Todd Fox and the Lone Star Halo. We Bye. Will, we will catch you later. Go Angels. I, I have a Bucky's day.